This is Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien and Chris Sullivan. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments this week on a case that could determine the fate of Google and probably every other search service. Let's consult with former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Our conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. And at one point in the hearing, uh, Justice Elena Kagan basically said... This court may not be qualified to decide this case. I mean, we're a court. You know, these are not like the nine greatest experts on the Internet. (laughs) But isn't that something for Congress to do, not the court? Is she right? Well, she's getting at the point that none of the nine justices is an expert on the Internet. Uh, But they're paid to make decisions about statutory interpretation, which is what this case is about. Can you interpret Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act in a way that expansively protects Google and YouTube from claims that their algorithms, their recommendation tools, for example, harmed others. That's really the question here. Now, Section 230 basically holds Google harmless for material that they present, which is provided by outside sources. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's worthwhile just quoting the 25 words in Section 230 that really matter here. The statute, which was adopted by Congress in 1996 to protect the Internet in its infancy, says that no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Uh, The question here is, this reference to not being liable for a third party's content that's posted on your website, does that also protect the platform owner like Google from liability for your recommendation engine? Is that the same thing? And and that's what the justices were wrestling with. And so if they were to rule that Google is liable for the consequences of the way it, it spoon feeds uh, videos to uh, users, what what are the repercussions? All kinds of lawsuits are going to are going to open up, and this is what mm-hmm. the dozens and dozens of Amiki argue. The friends of the court argued to the Supreme Court. They said that holding social media companies liable for what third parties put on their platforms is going to create a tidal wave of litigation that would actually threaten the internet. And it seemed that that argument got through to a number of the justices. Yeah, so they're really worried that something they might do, these nine justices, could shut down the Internet. But that still leaves us with the problem. So if they're going to punt this right. in some way, um, what do you think the chances are that Congress will make some changes in Section 230? I think they will. There's a lot of talk about it. I think the the effort to get a hold of you know online sex trafficking of minors, which that I, I push for and a lot of uh, – other AGs pushed for, finally got traction and was adopted. Congress, I think, will will make further changes where they think there really is a problem. The idea that, uh, you know, terrorists are launching attacks because of something they saw on YouTube, that's, that is a bit of a reach. So I don't think Congress will start to make YouTube and Google liable for videos that are recommended. Well, we've discussed this before, and my position is that once a a post on Google, whether it's a recommendation or just the material itself, starts going to a mass audience like 10,000 people or a million people or a billion people, that's a broadcaster. It's, it's no different than, than what we do here on the radio. And we're held responsible for all the content that we put on the air. Even if, yeah. it, even if it comes from people who are calling in on a call-in show, 
we're responsible for that, and we have to yeah. delay it 20 seconds in case they say something that would uh, subject us to liability. I have a slightly different view, which is that broadcasters make editorial decisions every day and, and selecting what news to broadcast, what to put up there. And on, right. on YouTube, on Facebook, on the other big social media platforms, it's individuals, millions and millions, even billions of individuals deciding what they're going to post, what videos they're going to put up, and so forth. And and that I think that is fundamentally different. But I would say, see, that's the problem. That's like us just throwing open the door to the studio and saying, hey, and turn the transmitter on and saying, hey, anybody walk in, say whatever you want. The law continues to treat the Internet like a giant bullet board, right? Um, so it was actually – Section 230 was actually enacted more to protect – uh, these interactive computer services for decisions to remove content as yeah. opposed to what they allow to to be up. Um, I do think it would it would be very, very tough for internet platforms if they didn't have a, a fairly robust level of immunity for yeah. you know third party well, content. Well I would say if they were using it for the original purpose to remove content, they'd be in a lot better position today. Than they are now because they're just not removing a, enough of it. They don't. They don't really vet it at all. You're right. There's plenty of stuff that's up there. But but consider the fact that you know you you won't see hardcore pornography on YouTube. So they clearly have the technical capability to keep content off, uh, but they don't use it to keep ISIS videos off, right? And right. you know, same with Twitter. I mean, uh, you know, I think you and I agree they do have responsibility to uh, enforce their own rules and keep really bad content off their platforms. They do. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Rob, thank you. Thanks, Dave.